Welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. I'm your host, Alexandra Goman, and I am so glad that you are back with us for another episode. We are finishing our three-part series on women of the Bible today, and today we are studying out Ruth. You guys, I have loved this series on women of the Bible, and I'm pretty much convinced that we need to keep it going at some point. So if you have some women of the Bible that you are really wanting to hear about, find me on Instagram, message me. Even if you're like, I want to hear about some misunderstood women of the Bible. Tell me more about these bad girls of the Bible. I don't even care. Let's let's go for it. I really would love to keep this study going because it has been so inspiring to me. Today, we're diving into Ruth. And Ruth is an incredible book of the Bible. I encourage you, go back, read it. Read it all. It's kind of got some some tricky contextual things and cultural things, so you might have to pull out a study Bible with you. But today we're talking about how God redeems our story. You know, Ruth was a woman from Moab. She was a foreigner. She married a Jewish man, Naomi's son. Naomi was a was a Jewish woman from Judah, the tribe of Judah from Bethlehem. And she and her husband and her two sons had left Judah during a time of famine and gone to Moab in search of a better life, in search of food, all of that. And while they were there, her two sons married uh, women from Moab. And tragically, both her husband and her sons die. We don't know what happened or how that happened. But in Ruth chapter 1, that's how we find Naomi and Ruth and Ruth's other sister-in-law, Orpah. And in this story, Naomi is heartbroken. I mean, it is obviously tragic. These three women are now widows. They are destitute, honestly. I mean, they, they are penniless in many ways. And you also see, I mean, they're from two different cultures. They're from two different backgrounds. And it's a challenging time. You know, Naomi, she comes to Ruth and to her other daughter-in-law, Orpah, and she urges them to leave. You know, she says in Ruth chapter 1, if you have a Bible on you, go ahead and open it up. But she says to her two daughters-in-law, she says, go back in verse 8. Each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show you kindness as you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. May the Lord grant that each of you find rest in the home of another husband. Then she kissed them goodbye and they wept aloud and said to her, We will go back with you to your people. But she tells them, No, no, no. Go on back. Please, please go back. She begs them. She pleads with them. In verse 14, it says, At this they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Orpah hears Naomi out and she's like, okay, fine. Like, I don't want to leave you, but I will. But Ruth refuses. In verse 16, we know this verse well. We hear it at weddings. It's one of our favorite verses. It says, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord be with me, be it ever, deal with me, be it ever so severely. If anything, if even death separates you and me. 
When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Wow. I mean, you look at Ruth, and here she is. She's a foreigner, but clearly this is a woman of faith. I mean, you can even see here that she, through her relationship with Naomi, possibly through her marriage to Naomi's son, she's gained faith in God. She's a woman of loyalty. She has character. Character even beyond what was just expected of her, right? Like, she wasn't expected at this point to stick with Naomi, but she did. She wanted to. She was she was willing to go the extra mile, the extra many miles to be there for Naomi during this tragic time. She was a woman of love and devotion both to Naomi and also to God. I think through Ruth we also see the power of female relationships, which we talked about a little bit in last week's bonus episode. We see that she is listening to her mother-in-law, that she learns from her mother-in-law, especially through the rest of the book of Ruth. I mean, you see her like straight up just doing whatever her mother-in-law is kind of advising her to do in some kind of crazy situations. She bears with her mother-in-law. She works with her. And it's this incredible story of a woman that honestly a lot of people would have counted out. She wasn't a part of God's chosen people, right? She wasn't a Jewish woman. And yet we see a woman of intense character, conviction, loyalty, and love. There is so much to learn from this woman. But how was God going to redeem this tragedy? How could God possibly redeem this story? You know, as we continue to read in the book of Ruth, which again, you're going to need to read it on your own because it's a... It's an incredible book. But they get back to Bethlehem and they need food. That's a clear thing that they're needing. And so, you know, Ruth goes ahead and she's like, all right, let me go to the fields. Ruth chapter two, let me pick up some leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. So she goes and she goes to this field of a man named Boaz, who is from the clan of Elimelech. So it says, you know, so so she begins to kind of pick up grain and it turns out that Boaz was one of her family's kinsman redeemers. You know, a kinsman redeemer, a redeemer, what was it? Well, a redeemer is someone who is charged with the duty of restoring the rights of another and avenging his wrongs. So in this situation, Boaz is one of the people that culturally could kind of take on what Naomi's family needed. So he could basically, women couldn't acquire property, so he could acquire the property kind of on behalf of the family. The family line could continue through Boaz as a kinsman redeemer. And so basically the next couple chapters are Naomi helping Ruth to kind of make this known to Boaz in a culturally appropriate way. And when Boaz finds out about what what Ruth and Naomi are needing, I mean, he is a man of honor. He's a man of integrity. He is moved by their story and he goes and tries to redeem their their lives basically. And so in, if you go to verse um, to Ruth chapter 4, you can kind of see this whole thing going down. There's another guy that's actually a closer relative who could redeem it, but he's married already, so he can't redeem it. So then it all works out. 
he ends up in verse 9. It says, Then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, Today you are witnesses that I have bought from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malone. I have also acquired Ruth the Moabite, Malone's widow, as my wife in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from his hometown. Today you are witnesses. Skipping down to verse 13, it says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When he made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive, and she gave birth to a son. The women said to Naomi, Praise be to the Lord, who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons, has given him birth. Then Naomi took the child in her arms and cared for him. The women living there said, Naomi has a son, and they named him Obed. He was the father of Jesse, the father of David. This story moves me, and here's why. A redeemer. You know, Boaz is known as something uh, that scholars call a type, and what that means is He is a type for Christ. He's kind of a precursor to Christ, if you will. He redeemed a foreigner, just like Jesus did. We were all far away from God. Jesus redeemed us. And that's what Boaz did for this woman and this family. Just like Boaz gave this family a second chance, Jesus gave us a second chance and a new beginning. God has a plan to redeem a story that seems irredeemable, that seems like it's got nothing, no future, nothing to offer us, God still provided these two women with a future that they couldn't have planned for and they couldn't have imagined. This isn't the end. You know, I think sometimes when we go through tragic things, we can think that this is the end of our story. And I, I can't imagine what Ruth and Naomi were dealing with. I mean, Naomi dealt with not only the loss of a spouse, but the loss of two children, the loss of a future life of, a, of, of even grandchildren. I mean, this was beyond heartbreaking. I love the Bible because in the Bible we see average people doing their best. We see average people going through real challenges, real hard things. And we also see a God who continues to weave a story through average people, through heartbroken people, through people that have experienced tragedy. You know, in our lives today, we see people that go through these similar things. We see friends that go through the loss of loved ones. We ourselves go through unbelievable losses. We go through the pain of waiting, waiting for a child, waiting for a spouse. We go through job loss. We go through illnesses. I mean, you name it. We all go through something in our lives. And redemption, a redeemer, doesn't take away the pain of what we've experienced. If anything, a redeemer validates the pain that we experience. And redemption elevates our pain to a place of sacred remembrance. What do I mean by that? I 
love that in this story, you see Boaz take and you see Ruth and Naomi, God ultimately takes their tragedy and turns it into a testament of his glory and his power. I don't think that Naomi ever stopped mourning for her two sons. She never stopped mourning, I'm sure, for her husband. And yet, there was still beauty that remained in her life. There was still hope. There was still a future, even though she was convinced in Ruth chapter 1 that her hope and her future was gone that there were no there were no good things left to be had i mean she calls herself a bitter woman she thinks her life is over she has nothing to offer and yet god he had a part two he had a plan b he had a backup story he had a plan to redeem her pain to redeem her story he gave her a second chance and a new beginning I find it fascinating that when we end Ruth chapter 4, you see that the writer of the Old Testament writer is like, okay, this is pretty awesome. He shows that this son of a foreign woman, Ruth, ends up becoming king in King David's line. I mean, this is amazing. He's King David's grandfather. What? Like, that's an amazing thing. Talk about redemption. God had a plan that was so beautiful and so big. But here's what I love. The Old Testament writer was like, guys, isn't that amazing? Look at what a redeeming God this God is. But we know that David ended up being in the line of Christ. Ruth, a foreigner, a woman who had gone through unbelievable pain and sorrow, who thought her life was over, she ended up having a son that was in the line of the Messiah. Talk about a redemption story. Talk about God taking tragedy and redeeming it, turning it into a second chance, a new beginning, a beautiful hope. As you think about your tragedy and the things that you've experienced, I don't think that God is looking to erase those things in our lives. I do think that he's looking to redeem them. Maybe that redemption will come through you using your pain and your story to bring hope to someone else. One of the most precious things in my life, and this will make me cry, is all of the friends that I have now been able to share my story of infertility with and pray for and love and be there for in the same way that other women who experienced that were there for me. God's redeemed my infertility through me now being able to comfort other people going through similar things. I think about women in my life that I've watched lose husbands and I see the way that now they comfort other women that are grieving that similar loss or who are living as caretakers. And it amazes me to see these women using their pain to love and minister to someone else. I think about the friends of mine that have gone through miscarriages and I watch the way that they walk with other women going through those things. I see my friends that are waiting, that waited years for a spouse, or maybe are still waiting. And I see the way that they love those who are new 
to that journey, that are new to that pain of waiting. I see women that are going through the challenges of feeling marginalized, of feeling profiled, of feeling like there are prejudices against them. And I see them teaching other young women and ministering to others and showing them how to handle these things, how to handle these challenges with faith, with courage, with fierce love and loyalty for their sisters. God redeems our pain. God redeems our story. I don't think that we always know how, but I believe that we serve a God who always has a backup plan. Not to take away the challenge, but just like Ruth, to give us a part two of our story. I hope that this has been helpful today. I know for me, as I read about our God who weaves these incredible stories together, I, I just had to pray at the end of this quiet time, at this end of this Bible study for me. Because I just, honestly, I was amazed to think of a God who not only takes care of us in the present, but who weaves a story that is that extends through generations and into eternity. That God takes the most unlikely of women unlikely of stories and he weaves it into something that's a part of his eternal plan i hope this has been helpful if you enjoyed today's episode share it with a friend tell her about it like subscribe all the things i'm so excited next week we'll be back with an interview episode it's going to be a great time but i hope this has been helpful and i hope you have a wonderful week Thanks for joining us, everyone.